It's Allison here again, sharing with you this week's Jane feature. And I am actually so excited to share this with you because it's something that I think that Jane does really well and that is really cool. And that is feature requests. Have you ever wished that you could tell a company what you think about their product? As in, you thought of something that would help them make their product better and you wished you could share it with them. With Jane, you can do just this. It's important to their team that they have an accurate read on the community's priorities, so they actually want and welcome your input. With all that said, let's dive into feature requests. As you know, I've been with Jane now for six years, and so I've seen them evolve and add a a ton of new features to their already really amazing product. Voting for or adding a feature request is one of the best ways to share your voice and be heard on features that you feel as a mental health practitioner would be helpful. I've added requests of my own and upvoted ones that other therapists have added. And I get excited when I see that an idea I've thought of for my practice is already on the page or the Jane team has already started production on that feature. Feature requests are also a great way to get involved and stay up to date with what's going on in Jane too. So when new updates come out, we want to know because they impact our practice. We saw this happen in real time with secure financial documents earlier this year. I added my vote along with many other therapists and Jane launched that capacity a few months later. It's a neat and gratifying thing to see a feature request that you started or gave your thumbs up to materialize right in front of you in Jane. The Jane team is always on the lookout for ways to make Jane better. What's great is that Jane invites practices and practitioners into the conversation. So here are some of the ways that they do that. The feature request board link lives inside Jane in the top right corner under the need help button. Any practitioner can head there from their account and search for existing requests or create a new one. Practitioners can see Jane's roadmap on this page too, as in which features are in progress, which are in the planning stages, and which have already been completed. So let's talk about some of my favorite completed feature requests. Jane practitioners wanted a secure way to host video telehealth calls without having to leave the software. So Jane launched integrated one-to-one telehealth video sessions to help practitioners make the switch online. And as all of you know, Jordan and I both use this. Practitioners using Jane indicated that they would like a client waiting room as part of the telehealth experience. And that was implemented this fall. So now all of my clients, when they show up for their telehealth session, will pop into a waiting room before we're connected. If you are thinking about adding Jane to your practice, or you just want to learn more, you can head on over to jane.app slash mental health. If you want to learn more about Jane, you can head over to jane.app slash mental health. And remember to use our promo code edgecouch1mo if you know you are ready to sign up soon. And now on to today's episode. This podcast is not training or supervision. This is an invitation to delve into these really big topics. When we are talking about clients, please know it is not you. It is a weaving together of stories that come up over and over again. With Edge of the Couch, we are here to create a space to delve into the topics that were either shied away from or dismissed because they were too big, too nuanced, too risky, or too uncomfortable to discuss in school or even supervision. We are two passionate therapists sharing our personal opinions about the therapeutic process. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Edge of the Couch. I'm Allison McCleary. I'm Jordan Piquel. We are going to be talking about notes, which is a shockingly big topic. But before we get into that, I do want to give a small shout out to my friend, Brittany. I'm currently in her guest bedroom in Victoria (laughs) recording the episode. She listens to every single one. So I wanted to put that out there. Hey, Britt, thanks for letting me And not a therapist. She's not a therapist. That's what's funny. She's just a big, big fan. Yeah. Really nice of her. We have some listeners that are not therapists, and I think that's pretty cool. 
I think so too. Before we get started, I think it's really important for us to say that we're not lawyers, Mm -hmm. that it really depends on your registration. Location. This episode is really about things to consider when you're writing notes. I guess the emotional, the feelings that come up around notes. It's like how we do notes and then the feelings about it. Also, I feel like I can't be like, here's how I do notes because it depends on the week and Mm -hmm. depends on my mood. It depends how much free time I have. There is no actual formula. Depends on the week. Depends on your mood. So you don't have like a set schedule for, you know, like we have 50 minute appointments. The 10 minute appointment is to, or the 10 minutes. Yeah. In theory, but (laughs) by the time you like stand up, get a drink of water, pee, I just have never been able to work that way. I don't know about, I know some people can and that's amazing, but like that has just never worked for me. Totally. I feel the same way. 10 minutes is actually nothing. I guess if I just like sat there and never didn't have to like pee ever. But I have to get up and move. You have to get up between sessions. Yeah. So what do you think listeners should consider around notes? Like for practicum students, but also for new therapists? I think a big part of it is genuinely finding what works for you and leaning into a system that just feels good for you. Because I think there is this like, okay, the 10 minutes is for note taking. And then if that doesn't work for you, you can feel a bit like you're failing or you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And if you continue to try to do it in that way and it just does not work for you, like are perpetually behind on notes and you are perpetually stressed out by them, experiment a little bit. What does it feel like if I try to do them all Saturday morning or at the end of my shift or wait before I do like I do yesterday's this morning? You know what I mean? Like how does that feel? How does it fit into my life? Does it flow easily? Can I remember things and see how it works just, you know, for you? Mm -hmm. What do you think? It's such a theme. Oh my God, I'm behind on my notes. Memes for therapists or therapist (laughs) memes or something. It's like a snow. It'll always be like, oh, here's a snowball or a monster behind me when I'm smiling and like doing my thing. It's not uncommon at all to be behind on notes. No, it's not. Did our program even tell us how to do notes? I think that there were conversations about how to do notes, but just like so many things in graduate school, I mean, it can go either way where people are like, this is how you do it. And then other people are like, you'll figure it out. And it's like, I need you to tell me. And I think this episode came from an email that we got. Yes. How do I do it? How do you do it? What do we do? (laughs) I have no idea. So it's very personal. I think in one of our conversations about Jane, in the beginning of one of our past episodes, we talk about how therapists do it in so many different ways. Yeah, Jane has these templates Mm -hmm. that you can sort of see how other therapists do it, which I think is pretty cool. Some people write super detailed notes with like lots of very specific context. Others, I think like you and I, Jordan, write much more vaguely discussed last week, discussed situation at work which Mm -hmm. gives like no detail, but reminds me if I read my note. Oh, right. We were talking about this last time. I wish there was one formula. I feel like it'd be much easier. (laughs) But instead, it's like, whatever you kind of want to do. What are the purpose of notes? Mm -hmm. In some places, it's to do the work that you've been told to do. Uh, Like if you're at a nonprofit or a government or some system, you're told that these are the things that you have to talk about. For me, it's memory. Yeah, me too. I just need to remember some details. Totally. Specific details around family structure. Partners names. Partners names. Yeah. That's one way that we can maintain rapport. You remember who the people are in my life. A big one for me is that in my notes, I have a section called 
what to, what to talk about next time or where to go next time. I can't remember the actual. I look at it every day. I don't know what it actually is called. And that one is super helpful for me. And that's the stuff that can sometimes come up near the end of a session. Oh, shoot. We should probably talk about my mom. And then I will write in the like for next time. Mm-hmm. Talk about mom. That's often harder for me to remember between sessions is like, what were we saying at the end there? That really, really helps me. You have to go back to it. Right. Yeah. Or if there's a doorknob moment, you're definitely going to want to remember to go back to it. Mm-hmm. And it depends on your theoretical orientation or your style, right? So some people really do, you know, like I think about my weekly clients and the conversations look very different than folks who are wanting to come in who are more oh, yeah. goals oriented. EMDR was really easy to take notes because everything was in numbers. I was writing right. the notes as it was happening. So yes. it was really easy to be like, suds was this. Done. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have practiced. I have alternated between notes in session. Only when I was working virtually, I would like sometimes do notes and then they would stay in their physical file. And I just didn't like it. But some people like writing notes in session. Mm-hmm. That's an option. One thing that we haven't talked about that I think is so important is the power in Mm. what we put in the notes. Okay. Yeah, say more. Our First of all, our words carry power, that Mm -hmm. we carry power as therapists. Mm -hmm. And what we say can be taken, even though it's subjective, can be taken as if it's objective. Yeah. If you're talking about someone's affect, even working with people who've experienced sexualized violence in the real world, people's notes get subpoenaed and then used against them in court. Yeah. Not just with sexual assault cases, but in ICBC, ICBC, work safe. I think about um, divorce custody. Yeah, custody. So even just small things that you put, like just the language that you use Mm -hmm. that suggests that someone's maybe less stable. Yeah, mentally ill. That's part of what I'm thinking when I'm writing my notes is how might this be used? Yeah. I took it from one of my colleagues that it says at the bottom of every note, these notes were made for the purposes of memory. Yes. It may be taken as objective. In which case, it's really, really important that you're thinking about what does this mean when I say this? Because it could be someone Mm. can extrapolate so much from one word. Totally. Yeah. You have to be thoughtful about protecting your clients. And I I think this is less of a a concern that feels scary for you, but it does feel scary for me, especially soon to be a psychologist, is also protecting your own butt sometimes. My notes are very, very vague when it comes to things like – talking about a person's experience of sexualized violence, talking about relationships, most day-to-day therapy things I'm very vague about. But if there's a risk of suicide, I know they're not vague. There's a risk of homicide, which has only happened to me one time. I know they're not vague. And if I have to make a report for child endangerment, those notes are very specific. And that's not the client then who's at risk. It's you. Hmm. I do want to make sure that I'm being really, really clear. And I write those very objectively. Spoke to this person at MCFD at this time for this many minutes. Mm-hmm. Discussed these points. Shared these points. Yeah, They said this thing to me. That feels much more formalized than my most notes, which are very, you know, pretty casual. Mm-hmm. If you're taking that tack when you're doing those types of notes, mm-hmm. that it makes sense that you would use quotes. And I used to use quotes all the time. Mm-hmm. And now coming through further and thinking about how people's notes might be used against them, I worry about using quotes, even though it is objective, Yeah, because 
we just say things sometimes. Oh, you yeah, know? Totally. It doesn't mean that it's for sure what someone thinks or what they think totally. now. And mm-hmm. we just, in therapy, you have this idea that you can speak freely. And taking one quote and yeah, extrapolating, out yeah, out of context, and then extrapolating totally. that it must mean this. Again, it carries power. We have to be really careful about what we say. We're juggling values. Like, who are we protecting? Ourselves, the client, the organization that we're working for. The just field of therapy to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know, the reputation of ther- every therapist, every bad therapist who messes up their clients is then changing the way that those types of clients, those clients have an experience with therapy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And so it's like, yeah, we – if we make a mistake and our client's notes get subpoenaed and it bites them in the butt, it does not make therapists look good. I've even thought about sometimes when I'm making notes with somebody who has suicidal ideation, mm-hmm. sometimes I think about if these notes were subpoenaed in the future, if the client died mm-hmm. and their family read this, how yeah. that might feel for a family to read what I've written. And that's an important point. So I always make it clear to all of my clients that their file is theirs. Mm-hmm. And so at any point, if they wanted to read what I wrote about them, they could because I'm not I'm not writing being like, I think that so-and-so was withholding today or oh like seemed wow. more agitated than normal, mm-hmm. like things that are me putting like yeah. my spin on things or like my interpretation. I'm not interpreting in my notes. My notes are just like, here's what we discussed. Yeah. Maybe introduced this skill. So I'll often say like introduced client to cognitive triangle or like introduced client to yeah. gray rocking, for mm-hmm. example, that came up this Right. It is more objective versus like, I don't know, trying to put interpretation on it because that is so subjective. And mm-hmm. I would never want a client to read my interpretations. I saw a tweet this past week. I wish I had pulled it up so I knew the person's handle. But I saw a tweet this week of someone talking about trying to get like a note for gender affirming surgery. Yes. Right. And that this therapist had been saying that they were going to write it. And it was like six months and still hadn't written it. And wow. they asked for the notes. And the notes included the wrong pronouns throughout all of the notes. Oh my god! And that is so horrible. The client feeling completely violated, yeah. um, betrayed. If you're gonna be queer or trans affirming, yeah, be queer and trans affirming. Yes. yes. Again, that's a way in which our notes can be devastating to a client yeah. to read. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, that's really horrifying. Um, it's I'm at a practicum right now. Everyone knows I'm still a student for some freaking reason, and um, I'm at a practicum right now. And so I'm. Do, it's all assessment, so it's not therapy. But I have to do notes every time I meet with a client to do testing in my notes, which is so funny. I don't need to do this. I didn't even really realize until my practicum supervisor was like, "Stop doing that." Is I use the client's initials in my notes. Hmm. I don't write their full name. <laughs> so Interesting. All, if I was I know, if I was seeing you, I would say like Jay and I discussed da 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 da. Well, it's faster. It's faster, but for some reason it also makes me feel like it double protects them because Jay could be I don't know, <laughs> that it could be like somehow mm-hmm. or like if I'm ever referring to their partner, I only write the initial mm-hmm. had argument with C or whatever. Who am I doing that for? Mm-hmm. But it, it's for some reason makes me feel like there's like this added layer of protection for my client. So I don't even know if I use their um, pronouns was how I got to that. Mm-hmm. I just always write their first initial. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's coming up for me in what you're saying is that places that we work at will have specifics oh, around yes. what they want to see. Mm-hmm. And as we've said in previous episodes, you do have some agency 
Yeah. And that sometimes their ways, especially if you just fundamentally disagree that it's misaligned with your values, there are ways from my perspective, again, not a lawyer, not not part of the organization, (laughs) but the idea just to plant the seed, to be Mm -hmm. creative with how you might stay aligned with your values and Mm -hmm. resist systems. Yes. The way the words that you use carry weight. So much. And even if someone's asking like, oh, how does someone, what's it called? Like their presentation. um, Oh, MES, their mental status exam. Yes, yes, yes. MES, yes. Mental status exam. And it's asking for that to be included. Okay. Mm -hmm. But the language that you use can be so basic, right? So-and-so was obese, disheveled, Mm -hmm. didn't look like they had showered. It's Mm -hmm. like, what did their weight have to do with anything? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and this is, I mean, this came up a lot in my program because we oftentimes, psychologists have to write mental status exams and how like you don't have to refer to the same way that you wouldn't refer to a client's height. You don't Mm -hmm. have to refer to their level of fatness. Mm -hmm. You don't have to refer to what they're wearing. You still see language like that slip into reports. Yeah. And it's like, why? For what purpose? Yeah. Did you note? Did you note this specific thing about them dressed provocatively? Like, can you I? imagine? Yes, I can. Because that is something that gets written into. That's horrible. Exams. I know. I find that that's horrible. Which also is like, uh, yeah. Anyway, it's laden with judgment. Exactly. Yeah, it's laden with judgment. It's not. It's subjective. Absolutely. Yes. You know. Imagine. Like, let's just talk about Jordan has appeared to not have showered and is in her pajamas. Allison in pajamas. Yeah. <laughs> hasn't worn a bra in days. Like yeah. yeah, what does that mean about your mental health, Allison? Provocative, <laughs> just one, you know. Yeah. Then whoever is reading it can mm-hmm. extrapolate from that too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you were dressed provocatively. Like, what were you wearing? Mm-hmm. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Even though it's yep. like, what does provocative mean? It can be a different thing for all of us. Yeah. Shoulder cutouts. You know? <laughs> Yeah, or just like ankles showing. Yes. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Gross. Like gross, bright gross. colors. Hey, it's Alex from the Jane team. Here at Jane, we're always thinking about how we can do better for you. Whether it's our developers working on new features to help make things easier for you to run your practice, or our support team reducing our phone wait times to just over a minute, we're constantly improving because, well, you deserve the best. You can head to jane.app slash mental health to learn more and see if Jane is the right fit for your practice. Something I like to do with my notes and the reason I like having notes that are that have something in them is because something I do with my clients a lot is when clients can't see change, I'll say, do you want me to read aloud to you what I wrote after our first session together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In there, I'll be like, Came to therapy for da 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 da. We discussed this, like da da da. Again, I have no problem reading it aloud to my client because it's theirs. Mm-hmm. That can be so powerful for clients. Yes. Just like, oh my god, I forgot mm-hmm. that that's what I was like a year and a half ago or three years ago. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe that that's what we were working on, and now that's not even like a thing in my life. Yeah, I'm glad that I wrote that note because now we can use that note as like a benchmark It is useful. It's not just sitting there waiting to like maybe be read in court. I don't know. Yeah. 
I think about narrative therapy, therapeutic letter writing. Um, there are ways oh, yeah. in which you can use language to support clients in their growth and healing. You know, talking about how our words make reality. We locate the problem in the person. This is very narrative therapy. We locate the problem in the person a lot of times in the way yes. that we see things in therapy, but also in our notes. It becomes like made real in our notes. Mm-hmm. If you were to externalize the problem, like instead of the client being depressed, oh, the client is reacting to poverty. Yes. Reacting to patriarchy. Yes. Yeah. Normative response to a horrible breakup. Mm-hmm. And yeah. how that completely changes the way that you see things and maybe how you interact with the client as well. And that's huge. There's going to be a lot that you don't put in your notes. Mm-hmm. Like a lot, a lot that is said. Of done. course, because you can't write everything. But I think even strategically, yes, like there are things that I leave out. Like I'm not going to put in a – if I have a youth client who has their parents involved in the process, mm-hmm. I am not putting in a note that they told me that they were using drugs. Yep. If my client tells me that they do something that is legal, that is not murder or child endangerment, mm-hmm. actually even murder. I mean, I've never had a client disclose murder. So yeah. I don't even have to worry about it. But you know, selling drugs or buying drugs or yep. broke into this building, which is mm-hmm. technically against the law or like whatever. Totally. I'm not going to put that in my notes. I agree. I'm not here to rat out my clients and I am not a police officer. So it is not my job to uphold the law in that way. Again, if you were to write that down, to me, that comes out in the way that you see the client. Uh, admitted to trespassing. It would be interesting to look at your notes and see what, especially mm-hmm. let's say, I don't know, as new therapists, it's a little bit different, but to look back at notes from first sessions and also to see how how maybe I saw the client based on yeah. how the notes, because the notes, even if you're having the most basic information, you can still extrapolate a lot from that. Another thing that Jane has, and um, this is true. <laughs> Not to just constantly yeah. tweet Jane's but, form, and, but And I think this is true for any notes that you t- take, yeah. that Jane, you can actually make it available for clients to look at. Totally. I don't just because I, I also feel, I think that's my own vulnerability is like, I'm concerned about what they, cause it's a relational, it's a relational thing if it becomes open to clients. And so maybe that shows something about how I'm maybe not doing the best job that I could. The fact that on a day-to-day basis, I wouldn't feel comfortable having clients see my notes. So what does that mean about the type of notes that I'm taking? I wouldn't want my clients to see my notes because then they would realize how far, far behind I am on it. <laughs> well, maybe that's part of it too. <laughs> they would like go um, to check and be like, why isn't there a note here? Yeah. Like, um, mm-hmm. It's coming. Yes. This way. I don't know. Maybe again, what if you took notes with the idea that the client will always see what you're writing? Will view it in real time, mm-hmm. not just when they like request it. Yeah. You've had a chance to yeah. like look at it and review it. Yeah. Mm, interesting. In theory yeah. – I would, you know, that collaborative kind of open relational values. I'm so on board with that. But in practice, I feel like it's too vulnerable scary. for me. Yeah. yeah. It is really scary. Well, and that's the thing is like we're always working to step into these ways of being, but we're not saying that it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Find what works for you and and stick to it. I mean, you have Irvin Yalom on one side saying like, write a pair like paragraphs after every session which i'm not going to do <laughs> which i would never do i don't have the capacity to do that i don't have the capacity either you know because you have to reread those before you, i'm like what i need to be able to glance at a thing that's got like four lines mm-hmm. 
so I can be like, oh yes, we talked about that. I cannot, I don't, I cannot read a whole page of writing before no. I see a client. Mm-mm. But then you've got other people on the other side who maybe don't take any notes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I imagine there's people out there who just don't take notes. There's this legend, this folklore from my previous workplace that someone else told me. So I don't know how true it is, but okay. the government, because it's a nonprofit, the government, this was in the 80s, asked for the client notes, I think, to establish something, something, something. And mm-hmm. they, the people who worked there at the time, took the notes out into the streets and they burned them um, in protest. No, that's no. not what this is for. You don't get to see this. I think sometimes when we write notes, you Mm. talk about like cover your ass situations and that certainly applies. But in some ways we are taking risks. We also take risks in Mm -hmm. what we say. 100%. You know, me choosing not to put my client is doing drugs. Heaven forbid uh, my teenage client overdose on drugs and the parents be like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. It seems like you knew this and it wasn't even here. Yeah. That would be very bad. Yeah. You can't predict the future. No. You can't control what people do. Of course, we're tracking suicidal ideation. Like, listen to the episode we have on when the when the client wants to die. Yeah, when the client wants to die. That, but just that sense of we can't control the future. We can't control a client. We no. can support them, and that's what the notes are for. About how we can support the client the best way we can. Yes, I think I feel less upset by the stress of it than I used to. Oh yeah, I'm more just like, oh, I got notes to do. I'll yeah. do them. Eh. Get to them. I feel, I mean, in this, I'm like, oh, hmm, I could be doing notes differently on an everyday basis. Yeah. I'm very chill around yes. note taking, that it's fine. And I see with practicum students like paragraphs, long notes, and unnecessary. It's unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to do mm-hmm. that. In closing, we really want to know what note taking is like for all of you, whether you're in practicum or new practice or you've been a therapist for years. How does it go? How? What do you think about it? Is it easy for you? Is it hard? Have you found a system that works? I think we've gotten several either comments or DMs or questions asked about note taking, which makes me think that it's a thing that lots of us are struggling with. But we want to know what you think about what we said or um, anything else that you want to add to the conversation. So as always, you can DM us, you can comment on posts, you can send us an email at connect at edgeofthecouch.com, all of the good things. Yeah. Well, it was good to talk to you all. I'm looking forward to hearing what we're looking forward to hearing what you have to say and we will see you next week. Okay. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at connect at edgeofthecouch.com to tell us what you think, ask a question, or let us know what type of episode you'd love to hear. You can even send us a voice note for us to play in a future episode. You can support us by giving us a review on Apple Podcasts, sharing the show with a friend, or supporting us on Patreon. Join us next time at The Edge of the Couch. Oh, 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 oh,